Jurassic Park for a minute where we're discussing the second Jurassic Park sequel one minute at a time. I'm Brad. I'm Dave. And on today's episode, we're discussing minute 57 of Jurassic Park 3. Before we get to that, David, this oh, this week, today's uh, Jurassicpedia entry is a bit of an interesting one we want to discuss a little bit about. Uh, Jurassic World Evolution has just released, or is just about to release, a update 1.8 named Claire's Sanctuary. And uh, there's a free upload available at the moment, but... Uh, the synopsis with Jurassic Park Evolution, no, Jurassic World Evolution, Claire's Sanctuary, you embark on an exciting campaign with a thrilling storyline never before explored. And it sort of goes on that there's going to be new dinosaurs, new locations, and loads more waiting to be unlocked on the islands. We sort of, uh, it all also continues about uh, Mount Cebu about to erupt and uh, having to get animals off Isla Nublar, um, saving them from extinction. Claire again voiced by Bryce Dallas Howard and uh, it seems to uh, do some great world building for the Jurassic World Evolution game. Yeah, yeah. We also get a couple new dinosaurs, uh, Albertosaurus, which we've already seen in toy form, mm-hmm. uh, Uoplocephalus, which is like uh, Ankylosaurus, just a little different, and then we got one of my personal favorite uh, Hadrosaurus, Auranosaurus, which is, I think, uh, one of those Chinese Duckbills. Yep. It's uh, got like a big sail on it, and on the back of it. And interesting, like fan. I think fans have been kind of little put off by the design of this one, which is really weird because it's like if you look at the uh, skeletons and the uh, paleontology reconstructions, it's not really that far off at, at all. In fact, it's very close to the live animal. And I've noticed that. Um, that evolution has done that a couple times where if you get animals that aren't in the movies they'll take their they'll take it and kind of give a little bit more kind of interesting design to the uh, to the animals mm. have you uh, have you got evolution yet uh, I still haven't no yeah same here <laughs> I might have to check steam and see if it's um, if it's gonna come up for sale or how much it currently is um mm-hmm. it's sort of claire sanctuary we discussed uh a few months a few weeks ago with uh what could possibly come out of um Jurassic park free we also sort of discussed the um sanctuary island uh article that's been done for Jurassicpedia and whether there's more to it whether it's just um just something named in the film and that's sort of it and here we have uh evolution bringing up Sanctuary Island, um, whether or not it's just something to expand for the games, whether it's got something to do with what's coming up in the future. That's all pretty much speculation at the moment. And I think after uh, last week's news going on about sightseeing, how <laughs> they were doing that in the in the game just to uh, expand across the five deaths and that, and how it's not really hard canon. No. I think we've got a similar, similar thing here as well. I think I'd make it more like J-Pog and just, like, not really canon at all. Yeah. Another interesting thing that they're including is some kind of environmental change into the game, such as um, they're going to have a Spinosaurus-specific kind of terrain with wetlands and swampy stuff, kind of representative of the species' natural... Um, kind of swamp habitat that was the chemchem beds in Africa. Mm. Another thing that they're going to be including I hear is a um, 
uh, what was it? It's a flora alternation where there'll be some animals will get uh, will be like improved with uh, flora choices. Other animals will be adversely affected. So like, don't stick your West Indian lilac in with your Triceratops. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. your flora choices will uh, be able to be changed now, and some affect and will affect animals differently, which is. I think great, great concept because it follows something from the films where they, um, where Ellie says, "Well, you you uh, have you have plants in here that are poisonous, but you picked them because they look good," which is true. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm sure a lot of a lot of um, a lot of kind of um, park builders have been picking their flora based on how they look and probably not considering how the animals will react to them, which kind of gives the gives this a little bit more attention to the paleobotanists. Mm. Yeah, I'll well, just look at this section here. Um, it just makes me think right back to the discussion we had with the uh, the lab complex on on sauna, but um, dinosaurs aren't the only addition, though. They're introducing a new paleobotany mechanic that allows you to research and grow new plants using a new greenhouse building, which is uh, put in there to help the dinosaurs get more of a lifespan and sort of make them feel at home in the environment as you're saying so it's good to see they're sort of adding sort of a greenhouse building and looking into that um that paleobotany side of things as well and also there's um there's some more updates to the uh, original game itself that they're fixing which is um some train and scenery and as you said the spinosaur area and um there's some gyrosphere improvements as well where they're adding um automatic gates to the uh, enclosure fences so when you go near it with your gyrosphere you can actually go into the enclosures which that could be fun with some of the carnivals. <laughs> um, um, these are some of those big world games, like you're going back to SimCity and even even the original Operation Genesis, where I'd used to just love building games, saving them, and then watching them completely fall apart <laughs> with, with attacks and everything else. So yeah, it's it's long overdue. I think I might have to get onto this and finally get evolution. With the best intentions, some of the worst things imaginable have been done with the best intentions as far as I'm concerned you're no better than the people that built this place alright Dave minute 57 ready to get into it uh yeah as we open on minute 57 of Jurassic Park 3 Grant was about to throw the raptor eggs and Billy's bag out the observation room window but last minute decided not to and started to pack Billy's bag into his own backpack and when Paul asked, what are you doing? Those fingers are after us because of those. We open minute 57 with Grant replying, those things think we stole the eggs. If I drop them in the river, they'll still be chasing us. Paul asks, what if they catch us with them? And Grant replies, what if they catch us without them? At the 16 second mark, Grant says there's a boat just down river and we can use it to get to the coast as he starts to walk down the spiral stairs to the lower levels of the canyon. And everyone follows, except for Billy, who's left in the observation area, still wondering if he deserves to get off the island. At the 29 second mark, we cut to Grant's feet as he comes in the shot and leaves the stairs to come out on the main landing of the canyon. We get a wider shot of the landing as everyone else comes out beside him and starts to look around including Billy, who's decided to tag along. At the 48 second mark, 
Gran heads off to the right and starts to move down a staircase towards a lower landing and a bridge that goes off in the mist to their left. And as the mid ends, he decides not to go across the bridge, but to continue down the stairs, hopefully heading lower towards the river and the boat. As we start 57, Grant replies to Paul, those things know we have the eggs. I drop them in the river, they'll still be after us. And that's, as he's saying it, Grant's putting the bag in the, into... Grant's putting Billy's bag into his rucksack as he's talking, and Paul replies concerned, what if they catch, him, catch us with him? And another one of Grant's famous lines saying, honestly, what if they catch us without them? That's sort of, again, adding intelligence to the Raptors, probably more so than, than needed, but... Again, just sort of... We, we don't have the Spinosaur for a while now. We've got, still got this danger of the raptors chasing us because of these eggs. Because we have no human antagonists in the film. Yeah. And it's sort of... It's, it's hard, too, when we do see later on what happens when they do catch up to them and give the eggs back. And um, if it's just the sound of the helicopter or the or that that um, saves them, or if the raptors would have really... Oh, you gave us the eggs back, we're going to let you live... <laughs> What, what the consequence for ha- either having the eggs or not having the eggs is. Mm. And something I like to think is that they probably just, like, slaughter them out of vengeance or something, you know? Territoriality, even. Yeah. Which, there's there's one thing I suppose we can discuss when we get to that minute. How far they've gone from the lab and now into the aviary and down there. Has that changed the raptors' territory and other animals' territory because they've been pursuing these humans across the island? Mm-hmm. We sort of mentioned it the same when we'll t- when the Trenosaur was following Sarah and the group and whether it had changed territories as well by moving that far inland. I was going to say, according to Sarah, it does. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it could lead to what we've got with the DPG too, with some of the extinctions on the island. But mm-hmm. Especially with these smart raptors getting <laughs> getting into some of the herbivore populations, there might be issues there. <laughs> but, um but we get a shot here of Amanda and Eric as, uh, as um, Grant tells them there's a boat at the bottom of the river and it might take them to the coast at least. And we get a shot of Billy sort of standing by himself mm-hmm. as the uh, as the others start moving down the steps away from him. I think it's interesting how Amanda and um, how Amanda and Eric just never really left standing by the door. There you can see the lockers behind him. It looks like some piping that terminates at the wall. Mm. And that big, heavy iron steel door with the rivets. Still standing there after attack from the Spinosaur. <laughs> yeah, I would have moved as far away from that door as possible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and as you're saying, it's sort of odd that they've just stood there for the entire time listening to this um, altercation between Grant and Billy, but I suppose when someone's fighting, the last thing you want to do is be over included. You want to sort of stay away and <laughs> just let, let them go at it and not be involved. But uh, as they all climb down the down the stairs, I just love the sound effects here. Mm. And in the next shot, when we get down on the landing, just those real heavy footfalls on the yeah. on the steel as that echoes in this tiny space. So, yeah, something I don't know why, but I've always loved the sound of like heavy footfalls. I might I might actually put blame on Terminator Two on that one because we get the shot of the Terminator coming out of the bar, fully dressed in the gear and those boots he's wearing makes that those thuds as he's walking down the stairs to the bike. Mm. It was funny because I was watching Alien 3 uh, earlier in the week, and um, it's funny because the director, David Fincher, 
seems to have this kind of fetish with the boots. Like every shot, every shot he can get away with, he's showing the boots. And if he's not showing the boots, he makes sure you hear the boots. <laughs> so it's like, well, okay, go. So it's like, um, there's this constant presence that you're thinking about the fact that these these people are wearing these heavy boots. <laughs> That's right. Um, Terminator wasn't think wasn't where I thought you were going to go. I thought you were going to go to stormtroopers, <laughs> and every time they're walking, you hear the the dun 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 of the. the oh no, no! Drum. I was thinking those those that has like a plastically plasticky clacking sound that you can yeah. hear. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've got a I've got a set of boots I wear as well, and especially on like wooden floors or or concrete, it really it really makes a noise when you walk. Yeah, same. I got a pair of logging boots that do that for me. but we get that shot down down the lower areas as um grant's feet come into view as um once again you sort of hear that footfalls as they're entering the lower canyon and they walk out onto a bit of a platform here and again just sort of that thick fog uh the broken chain link mesh that sort of surrounds them and we get paul that walks over the fence and tries to look out but can't really see anything um well before we do that we um kind of gets uh these images of the staircase and the staircase actually goes up as well and so we they i guess that they would imply there being a um second part of the observatory that's up up higher maybe that's where they have a telescope or something you know oh at the, oh yeah up the top up the top <laughs> that's what's being down the bottom of course they go up they just come down <laughs> oh no 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 because the, the stairs go up too yeah yeah yeah. Well, we discussed when we had that shot from outside, some sort of open area on top, like a little gondola on top of the building itself, whether it was a telescope or a crane or what what the top of that building actually was. Because mm-hmm. I'd always thought these stairs kept on continuing down too, and they've just got off at the first level. But no. um, we got a production shot here of sort of this area, or a couple of production shots will post up, and it's sort of just the concrete main structure goes down a few more feet and then just stops where it um where it mounts to the canyon but we can see um see all this chain link fence here there's a hand winch that's mounted on one section and when we look at the um the production phase itself there's a pretty large counterweight hanging down below on a cable and i just wonder if this is some sort of tensioning device to tension the chain link fence up or something i'm not sure because the chain link fence looks like it attaches to the piping that they like a normal chain link fence would it yeah, that thing seems to go down to something else, and we'll discuss that more with Jay. I think if we can get him on the uh, show when we're talking about the aviary, which I know we would like to. But yeah, because that win that winch is weird. It goes down to like some kind of sensory cage of some sort. And I've, yeah. I remember having some uh, long discussion about it with Andres Park Legacy, and we just settled with we don't really know what it is. We just can tell <laughs> that it's some kind of sensory equipment. Mm. Well, yeah, and sort of looking at the general area here, um, there's a, sort of a pretty large power board with buttons and that on the wall behind them as they come out on this platform here, and mm-hmm. you can see it a little bit more clearly on the production photos. There is one photo I've seen that's not doesn't it seems to be a screen grab, but not from this scene itself where you get a good look of those things and the cabling sort of running in and out of them, mm-hmm. signalling that um, there's some there's some a lot of power being provided the stuff down here where we only really see fog lights and that sort of thing lighting in the cages themselves so i don't know what 
what all this power would be required for. But it sort of reminds me of that that um, the scene from the first Jurassic Park novel where we had sort of the end cave behind the waterfall with all the machinery in it, and maybe maybe they had some sort of lot of the stream here is powered powered by mm-hmm. by man and not it's all man made and not actual natural stream. Something I mean another thing that's interesting about this cage here is that or I mean not the cage but the platform that they're on is that the um. For some reason, the chain link fencing is bent inwards, not outward, like you would expect. So something, something was either pulled out of this, or something broke out of this uh, fencing here. Hmm. Yeah. Well, it goes with some of the railings as well, how it's sort of bent out and not bent in. Mm-hmm. Whether whether an animal's got stuck in there and had and sort of thrashed around trying to get out, because as you see, there's sort of some decent sized holes in the chain link fence. Or chain link barrier in places, mm-hmm. but um, sort of looking at the production shot here again too. There's like a large cranking wheel on the wall. <laughs> if they where um, Amanda and Paul later run to mm-hmm. when the Trenosaurs do attack, which again I don't know why <laughs> why half this stuff's here, but on up on the roof where the stairs sort of come out of the piping coming from the there's some large floodlights in that there which would illuminate the area, and sort of we only really get to see half of the. Um, the bridge itself that we get next minute which seems to be pretty narrow and we'll get to it when we get there when eric's making his way across but when we get that shot later on of the um the whole aviary itself it seems like a two to three hundred foot canyon especially Mm -hmm. when we're up above before with grant looking out the window but here it sort of only looks (laughs) looks like it's only about 50 feet wide but we'll we'll look Mm -hmm. a bit deeper into that when we get there next minute well, we do have the uh, production kind of map of the various um, stages that they built the uh, for this scene, and you kind of and it kind of creates like a map here of the aviary area where you have the um, what looks to be what they would have had was it go the canyon goes deeper into the um, area than what we originally see. And you just had that half dome that goes across the mouth of the canyon. There's a roof, there's the mesh that goes over the roof of the canyon and presumably goes down and terminates at the bottom of the canyon. And the observa- then you had the observatory and the and walkways that wrapped around the edge of the canyon, and presumably would have also led to a set of stairs that we can see on the outside of the canyon when. They're finally leaving the aviary at the end of the scene. You can see uh, mm. stairs that kind of lead down to what I presume would be the canyon floor. Yeah, well, there's that walkway that sort of follows the dome around on the inside there mm. as well. Um, Looks like that that staircase. I think it was the staircase they were going to be taking to that at the end of this minute collapses. Well, yeah, you'd think there'd be a direct, a direct walkway from this platform down to that, um, mm-hmm. the bottom of the dome there, and where the the gate and the the door is. But it's also interesting, here, and I suppose we can again next minute how all these walkways are covered or enclosed except for this bridge, yeah, which seems like it would probably have been a mistake to do that. Yeah, yeah, and as you're saying with the the map, sort of map of the canyon we got and where they were going to shoot it. It makes the um, the aviary not look as large as what it is, and I think having Billy fly through it with the 
parasail sort of makes it look a lot larger and a lot bigger space and probably what it was meant to be but it's only sort of these couple of sections you got this landing in the middle go a bit deeper into the canyon where um it's a bit narrow and you got sort of the platforms where they end up nesting and then you go the other way and it sort of opens out into that dome and the the river itself but we can throw up that um that photo on the facebook group as well mm-hmm. but as as the group sort of come out here on the landing too i do love how you sort of have that wind that groaning of the wind sort of blowing through a confined space with the fog they don't spend much time here grant sort of moves to the right towards the catwalk and uh moves down the set of stairs to a second landing where we get uh, a brief look at that bridge that goes across he sort of grant takes one look at it and no we're not going that way and continues down some stairs and that's where the minute ends just before they uh break away but um anything else on that day before we get into novel and script comparisons no i think we're good all right um looking at the script briefly um step by step grant leads the group down a rusty spiral staircase below the um observation room and the stairs enter into a lower level although we're technically outside this place feels strangely enclosed there's a thick fog at this level clouds um clouds really but far below um they can see the river and that's banks the barge which i thought was interesting the fact they've come out in this walkway and been able to look down like the fog's above them they've walked Mm -hmm. down these stairs through the fog layer and now they can sort of see the river below and the barge which would it's sort of a goof because it'd mean they're outside the aviary if they can't see the edge of the aviary between them and the barge unless the um the barge is inside the aviary but then they wouldn't have been uh, they would have seen again the aviary before when they looked down into the canyon so it's it's a bit of an issue here they it's the same sort of thing in the novel as well where they get down to this landing and yes they can't see much out or above but they can still see down and out which takes away that um that mystery of where they are and the fact that they're in a big bird cage mm-hmm. but um grant says we climb down to the barge and follow the river out to the coast with any luck the costa rican coast guard will pick us up and uh, eric says that's when we go home and amanda says yep we go home and uh grant leads everyone down a ramp a catwalk branches off to a set um to the bridge and another one along the canyon wall so we sort of start to line back up with the uh, the film a little bit here. In the, novel, in the novelization, uh, last minute, Grant and Co. had started down the spiral steps. They'd emerged out in the landing. Thick fog prevented them from seeing much above, but uh, as before, they could see the river and the boat below. Eric points out that's the boat that'll take them to safety. Mm. Alan then goes over to the um, side of the landing and holds the camera, bear, camera bag out over the, the side, ready to drop it into the canyon, but Paul stops him hand raise and it's actually paul here that makes the suggestion keep the eggs with you at least until we get off the island uh, eric shakes his head but then the raptors might keep following us looking for the eggs and paul smiles and maybe they'll follow us anyway just for taking them i've been working in sales my whole life and if there's one thing i've learned that's that if you have something that the other person wants you don't give it up both things may want us dead but they want those eggs more that's the only advantage we've got which is sort of interesting here that it's Paul doing it, um, bringing up his sales history. I don't know how that would translate to <laughs> intelligent animals wanting their eggs back <laughs> and not someone that just wants $5 off a dozen tiles. But Alan sort of looks at him closely. Paul Kirby was more of a panicked father, more than a bumbling liar, but there was something about the man, something that he hadn't seen before. So a little bit more backstory there from, from Paul. But um, Alan then sort of puts the eggs in his backpack and uh, we get what we've seen before as they um, 
start continuing down the canyon wall and um, into the next minute. Yeah. Anything else on that you want to bring up or mention? No, I think we're uh, good on that. All right. If you want to get a hold of us, you can email us at lostworldminute.com. The main website is jurassicminutes.wordpress.com and you can find the Lost World Minutes and Jurassic Minutes over on Facebook with the uh, pages there. David, where are we on Twitter and Instagram? Uh, Twitter, we are at Jurassic Minute. Uh, Instagram is the Jurassic Minutes Podcast. Some of the worst things imaginable have been done with the best intentions. This is how you make dinosaurs? This is how you play God. If we split up, I'm going with you guys. Dinosaurs lived 65 million years ago. What is left of them is fossilized in the rocks. And it is in the rock that real scientists make real discoveries. Now what John Hammond and InGen did at Jurassic Park is create genetically engineered theme park monsters. Nothing more and nothing less. Uh, are you saying that you wouldn't want to get onto Isla Sorna and study them if you had the chance? No force on earth or heaven. Get me on that island. You desky. Hello? Charlie! Charlie! Hello? Charlie, take the phone to mommy now! Take the phone to mommy! It's the it's the dinosaur there! Okay.